0: Hello,
1: you guys, Dr. Low Radio. It's your host, Dr. Lauren Noel. Thank you for listening to another show. Happy Thanksgiving, soon to be this coming Thursday. I hope all of you are having some good plans to see your family and have some nice, healthy food, hopefully, with with your family and friends. I'm actually going to be heading to Colorado uh, tomorrow night to go see my folks out there outside of the Boulder area. So looking forward to that. And I've actually finally talked my mom into doing pretty much a gluten-free Thanksgiving. She's pretty much been doing it. She's been kind of catering, trying to please everybody, but hopefully this time we'll do a gluten-free, fully gluten-free paleo Thanksgiving. That's my goal. So we'll see if that happens. But, um, yeah, so really looking forward to all of that. I hope you guys had a great weekend. I was up in San Jose for a Brennan Bichard conference up there on how to um, really improve more of my online side of my business. So, as you guys know, I see patients full-time in the clinic, and it can get kind of crazy, but I really am clear that I can help so many more people by reaching my message online because, I mean, I see, what, like eight patients a day versus reaching thousands of people throughout the world, so just learning ways to do that better, and, of course, the podcast allows me to do that, and thanks for listening to it because it's really spreading the word and for you know sharing the message with your family and friends. It's just been such a joy to do this show for almost four years now. So uh, also we had our Shine anniversary party, so my clinic, Shine Natural Medicine, and we celebrated our one-year birthday this last week. It was a lot of fun. We had um, a henna artist there, so my hand is covered in henna right now. Um, We had Pete's Paleo come and cater the event, so had really yummy local, you know, grass-fed, organic, free-range stuff, you know, free-range everything. Um, And, uh, yeah, it was just a lot of fun, lots of giveaways and um, prizes from Victory Belt Publishing, and we had um, lots of uh, just, just really fun kind of local businesses. So I like to do things like that cuz I really believe that so much of our healing comes from being connected to each other. So I love to have events where we get together and have parties and have get-togethers cuz I think that that's where we, you know, we get that connection and I mean, how healthy can you be if you're taking just the right supplements and having the perfect diet, yet you're locked in your house and you're lonely every day, right? I think there's so much medicine and healing that comes from being connected to each other. So that's why I love doing things like that, and I love the holidays for that reason. So that was a lot of fun. And um, let's see, what other events or announcements do I have? I think those are the kind of the main things. We um, were having Dave Asprey on the show. How exciting is that? Dave Asprey, you guys know him. He's the founder of the Bulletproof Executive. He's the host of Bulletproof Radio. And created bulletproof coffee, which is creating this crazy, like, just craze around the world. It seems like everyone's drinking bulletproof coffee now. <laughs> it's like it's very common that I have uh, patients tell me their diet diary, and it's like, hey, what are you having for breakfast? Bulletproof coffee. It's like, oh my gosh, it's it's amazing how how fast this this has spread all over the world. Um, so we're excited to have Dave on. A little bit about Dave, if you're not familiar with him. So he is the founder of Bulletproof Executive. He's a Silicon Valley investor and technology entrepreneur. He spent 15 years and over $300,000 to hack his own biology. Dave lost 100 pounds without counting calories or excessive exercise. He used techniques to upgrade his brain by more than 20 IQ points and lowered his biological age while learning to sleep more efficiently in less time. Learning to do these seemingly impossible things transformed him into a better entrepreneur, a better husband, and a better father. Um, And we'll we'll get more information about his story. I'd love to hear it from him. Um, But he's just an amazing guy. I've had the opportunity to meet Dave at uh, a few events, at um, a mastermind event and also uh, at his Bulletproof biohacking conference where my clinic shine. We did IVs and shots at his event. And I was, oh, my gosh, it was like I swear the bulletproof people are are like our perfect patients because they're like, whatever you got, give it to me. I'm all about it. I just want everything. Um, glutathione especially, they're just like glutathione junkies. So that was a lot of fun to do that and um, looking forward to, to next year for sure. So Dave, so glad to have you on the show. Welcome to Dr. Low Radio.
2: Well, I'm honored to be on, Lauren. This is my <laughs> very first time on your show.
1: I know. It's crazy. After all these years, it's the first time. So, yeah, it's good to have you on. And um, how's your day been today?
2: Uh, It's been pretty busy. I'm gearing up for my book launch in about seven days, December 2nd. So there's been just tons of interviews and just sharing knowledge about Bulletproof Coffee and the Bulletproof Diet, getting ready to hit the New York Times list with any luck.
1: Hey! Oh yeah, you don't need luck. You're that's like a given. I'm sure. I, I'm I'm feeling pretty good about that. I'm sure you are too.
2: We hit number 15 of all books on Amazon for a little while when we first started telling people that they could pre-order. So I, I'm I'm very hopeful. But the reason that I'm hopeful is not because I have a giant ego. <laughs> <I> mean, it's <laughs> because I put a lot of a lot of the very best things that I know into the book, and it, it's there to help people not go through all the stuff that I went through. So if more people read it there'll be more people who feel good and that would be awesome.
1: Yeah, absolutely. Tell me tell our listeners a little bit more about your your story. I know you you talk about it in the beginning of your book and it's amazing how you are now compared to how you were then. I mean, it is like a whole different person. Give give our listeners a little bit of of kind of a trip down memory lane of of how sick were you and and just kind of, like, the reality of how your life was at that time and, and what you did to get to where you are now, because you're, like, literally a different human being.
2: Well, I, I used to weigh 300 pounds when I was finishing my first four years of university at the University of California at Santa Barbara. But before that, I had arthritis when I was 14, and I grew up with asthma and all sorts of weird rashes, and I had strep throat or sinus infections just about every month, nosebleeds all the time. Uh, so I was... You know, an obese kid, and never really liked that and i I started doing things that you would expect any teenager or you know young adult at university to do like exercise more and eat less fat and things like that, and it didn't actually do anything except well, I would get strong and then I'd get tired and want to sleep more, but I wouldn't lose the weight no matter what I did. And I got really serious after I had two major knee surgeries before I was 23 because I tried to play soccer when I weighed 300 pounds. You know, Note to self, inertia matters. And uh, I injured my myself and, and my knees just wouldn't hold me up. And I said, all right, I'm going to fix this. I had the surgery and then I worked out an hour and a half a day, six days a week. And I cut my calories, about 1,800 calories, low fat. And after a year and a half of that, I was strong, but I was still fat, and I looked around, and I realized I ate less food than any of my thin friends, and I worked out more than all of them, but I was still fat, and Mm. it wasn't that I was a bad person. It wasn't that I wasn't trying hard enough. It was that what I was doing actually just didn't work, and um, it would have been very easy to reach that conclusion had I not just believed all this stuff about work out more, eat less, you'll lose weight. That mantra is wrong. It it doesn't always work and if it does work quite often, telling your biology that there's a famine because you're not eating enough and there's a tiger chasing you because you don't stop running, that doesn't set you up for hormonal success even though you might temporarily lose weight, you'll gain it back and then some, which is not a particularly good feeling either. Hmm.
1: At the time, did you just think wow, I'm just Probably the fat one, right? Like my friends happen to have fast metabolism, and I'm I probably just have the slow metabolism, and that's just just kind of the cards I'm dealt.
2: I I did think things like that, like oh, I'm you know I'm big boned and all that, but also there's a lot of (laughs) you know guilt and psychology around uh, you know being fat, and and honestly, I I thought it was because I'm not I'm not trying hard enough, like I'm I must be a bad person kind of thing, and when I you know I said all right, so I'm I'm fat and I was at this coffee shop and I saw a bodybuilding magazine and back in, you know, the, the mid nineties, I I don't know. None of my friends read bodybuilding magazines. It was, it was considered pretty fringe compared to where it is now. Mm -hmm. And the front of it said, you know, get, get six pack abs. And I read the article and it said, carbs can make you fat. Even fruit can make you fat. And I'm like, yeah, right, whatever. But I had nothing to lose. So I did a kind of a half-assed effort to cut my carbs and did it wrong but i still lost 50 pounds in 3 months but wow. most interestingly my personality changed like i i was much less angry and in retrospect i know what i did i actually eliminated gluten from my diet unintentionally because gluten was a carb and it took me several more years to figure out that i had a gluten sensitivity but it just demonstrated the power that was there i could lose 50 pounds it took another 6 or 7 years lose the other 50 pounds and this happens a lot when people have a lot of weight to lose they they lose half of it and then they get stuck and then it just won't go anywhere and i see this a lot with just kind of a plain low carb atkins style diet which is something that i've certainly tried i've also been a raw vegan i've tried all sorts of interesting things and ended up (laughs) settling on the bulletproof diet based on some core principles that are there for for making you feel good for eliminating food cravings and just giving you enough energy that when you lose weight, it's kind of an accident. You just felt so good the weight came off rather than having to deprive yourself and, and sort of use up your willpower on nutrition. That's not a good use yeah. of willpower.
1: Yeah, you your philosophy with diet is that you can really enjoy food, right, and you can feel good at the same time. I mean, I think that's kind of a philosophy you adhere to yourself. I mean, I've I've, I've had meals with you. I've seen the way that you eat, and you definitely don't you know, deprive yourself of good foods, but you also, you know, feel better by the way that you eat. Is that kind of what the Bulletproof Diet is is all about?
2: It's about eating to have more willpower. And there's very specific things that sort of chip away at at your willpower that you probably don't know about. And when you Mm -hmm. identify those, you figure out what they are, you can really, really transform your base ability to do things. I... I got really bad brain fog in my, my mid-20s. And I, it was so bad that I I bought disability insurance. It's, you know, I didn't have any medical diagnosis. There wasn't anything officially wrong with me. But, like, what if I just can't remember anything anymore? And I'm just so tired and, you know, something's not right. So I looked at that and I said, what, what am I going to do about this? And, and, well, I'm an engineer. So I, I looked around and said, brain not working. And what's the fix? And I started taking smart drugs. These are mm-hmm. pharmaceuticals that actually increase your cognitive performance. And then I started taking natural substances that did that. And those actually worked. They brought my brain back online so that I had enough energy and focus to continue growing my career and also to dedicate myself to biohacking my body, to literally taking control of my biology because my body wasn't doing what it was supposed to be doing.
1: Mm-hmm. And what were some of those natural things you found? Like that really works. Like were any we specific ones that you're like that really, really did the
2: trick for me? From a from a natural perspective, there are a bunch of anti-inflammatory herbs that make a big difference. But one of the first ones that that made a difference for me was grapeseed extract. This is a really potent antioxidant, and I'd had this problem since I was a kid. And now I've, I've actually shot a documentary about one of the things that caused it. But I would have nosebleeds all the time, like sometimes five or t- even ten times a day, no reason, just walking along, nose would start bleeding. And I'd had my nose cauterized. I'd been to the doctor. And no one knew why. It was just kind of a mystery. But it was kind of an embarrassing mystery, you know, just sort of getting nosebleeds. Ah. So I took grapeseed extract, and I noticed I had a lot less nosebleeds. And I stopped taking it for three days, and they'd come back. And I said, all right, maybe I needed antioxidants or something. Uh, in in retrospect, I know exactly why I was getting nosebleeds. It's because mold toxins in the environment from water-damaged buildings. And I lived in a water-damaged building. This is where there's been a roof leak. The walls haven't been fixed some mold grew and the mold makes a poison that enters the air and it messes with people. It messes with everyone, but people with my genes tend to get inflammation that doesn't go away easily. So I became a bit of a canary. I can feel what makes me inflamed because my body was programmed to be more inflamed by my environmental exposures. And those caused my nosebleeds. What grapeseed did is it helped my liver make more glutathione, which helped to detoxify these things. When you have more glutathione, available, you have free vitamin C to make collagen. So my body was able to manufacture better collagen, which it used to fix the arteries and veins lining my nose. And so that was why grapeseed extract worked, but I didn't know that until 10 years after I figured out that it actually did work.
1: (laughs) It's fascinating. You're able to figure all these things out about yourself. Wow. I want to know a little bit more about about. The health story of Lana as well. I know you guys. I'm, I mean, I'm sure you just biohack her all the time too. Plus, she's obviously a very intelligent doctor. um Tell me a little bit about like her health journey and adopting some of these, because a lot of my listeners are, are female, so I'm curious about kind of the the woman's perspective with adhering some of these bulletproof concepts.
2: Sure. So Lana is my wife. She's a physician trained at the Karolinska Institute. And that's in one of the top 10 med schools on earth. So she knows a thing or two about medicine. And when I met her, she was super, super thin and couldn't gain weight. And that sounds like, oh, wow, you know, poor thing. But she was cold all the time. She had no padding on her butt. And there's, <laughs> there's a point where you don't want to be that thin. <laughs> right. And she was there and had been for almost 20 years. When she was a teenager, she did a... I believe, a 10-day water fast, and it broke her thyroid and her metabolism, and she never recovered the ability to put on fat from after that. Hmm. So she had a pretty good diet when I met her, but I'm a biohacker and I do unusual things. And I said, well, you're making only two mistakes that I really see. You're eating ground flaxseed, which despite the fact that it's being promoted as a source of omega-3s, those are vegetable omega-3s that tend to be in, uh, inflammatory and they don't convert well to the kind that we need. And because it's pre-ground, that flaxseed is oxidized. So you're getting oxidized omega-3s that are causing inflammation. So then you're drinking soy milk. Like, cut that out. <laughs> Coconut milk, come on. So she made those changes. And we were already eating an organic vegetable-based diet with very high-quality animal protein, grass-fed steak, things like that. And lo and behold, when she just made those two small tweaks to get her fatty acids right she got curves and she gained almost 20 pounds, the amount that she wanted to gain. And she did have to buy new clothes, but she was curvy and she was warm and it didn't hurt to sit on hard benches. (laughs) So she achieved a healthy body. (laughs) And that was kind of interesting. But she also had polycystic ovary syndrome. She was infertile. And we decided to have kids late in life. We had one child at 39 and one at 42. Uh, that, that was you know for that was her age and I'm a little bit younger so I just turned 42 now, and wow so she was infertile and I continued to do all of our cooking and put together the principles behind the bulletproof diet to optimize human fertility, looking at every single data point. We had more than 1,300 references in uh, what became the Better Baby Book, which is a program for what you do before and during pregnancy to have the healthiest gene expression. You know, kids who are as healthy as they possibly can be all the environmental inputs all the food inputs all the stress things all sleep anything that has to do with making women and men more fertile we put it all together in one place we used it ourselves to reverse her infertility and have two perfectly healthy kids one of them even after age 40 with no problems despite being infertile before that and today dr lana actually coaches Women who are seeking to have kids and having a hard time with it, uh, using something like IVF, but she doesn't. She doesn't use IVF. So instead of doing that, people are coming to her and, uh, and saying, "Hey, can you, uh, you know, can you help me out on my nutrition? Can you help me figure out what else is going on with my hormones so that we can, we can change my lifestyle so that it'll match my hormone fluctuations and we can actually get pregnant? And it's working. So it's, it's kind of cool to just approach even something as, as base as fertility." As a biohacking challenge. And what it comes down to is get the data, change the environment, get the data again, and see what changed, did it move in the right direction, and if so, keep doing it. And it's amazing what you can do for your performance, for how you feel, for how you sleep, uh, how you exercise. All of those things are within your control because we can now measure things better than ever, and we also can we can change things better than we ever have. Like this technology that we use can harm us, but it can also give us huge amounts of knowledge. And it's it's the best time ever to be sick <laughs> because you can fix yeah. it so easily compared to 10 or 20 years ago.
1: What are some of the different lab parameters that, in your experience, like a, a bulletproof diet can affect, like cholesterol or blood sugar? Or what are what are some specific things that you've seen people have changes in?
2: People's HDL goes up when they go on a high, healthy fat diet. So you'll see that you know the so-called good or protective cholesterol definitely goes up. LDL sometimes stays the same and sometimes it goes up, but oxidized LDL goes down. You'll also, and there are times when those don't happen, and when those don't happen, I usually look at methylation pathways in people and say, hmm, If you run your own 23andMe through something like Genetic Genie, you'll see that maybe there's some problems, and sure enough, they don't process folic acid well, and they have something else holding them back. Mm -hmm. So when someone responds the way they normally do to this style of eating, their C-reactive protein, which is a marker of inflammation, will drop. Their homocysteine will drop, and if it doesn't, we look back at methylation and then put them on the appropriate B vitamins, and it almost always drops. And one of the markers that I think is most important that isn't talked about as much is LPPLA 2 which is a marker of damage to the protein that lines your arteries. So if you have cholesterol that is, quote, high, like mine's 250, and I have no issues with mine being at 250 because all of my, my inflammation markers are very, very low. Cholesterol itself is part of cell membranes. It's part of hormones. It's part of your brain. And fearing cholesterol is like fearing water. Like it's a core part of your body and you die without it. Fearing damage to your body in the form of inflammation, whether or not the cholesterol is there, or fearing damaged cholesterol might make a lot more sense. But right now it's been so oversimplified that fear of cholesterol is harming people, not helping them.
1: Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, and, and I it's something I talk about with my patients every day. So if you have a cholesterol of two fifty and low homocysteine, low CRP, you know, low oxidative LDL. Then not so much of a problem. If you have cholesterol, you know, one thirty, much more of a problem. If you have, I mean, even just low cholesterol in general is a problem. But high homocysteine, high CRP, I mean, all of those, that's much more of a problem. So, we, you know, I think I think my listeners are at the point we we know we're not villainizing cholesterol anymore. But the average person, typical you know American population, they just do not get that. So it's a very important point I think to make sure to continually repeat. But yeah, the LPPLA two, it's Great marker, um, you know, oxidative LDL. So, what are some of the? Are there specific labs for people listening? that can get this run that you can you can recommend.
2: I'm an advisor to Wellness FX, mm-hmm. so I tend to use Wellness FX uh, for like a baseline panel, and I I like Wellness FX because they have uh, just good reporting. Like you can log in; their dashboard's pretty good. Um, other people like to use the Life Extension Foundation. There's a variety of places. Real-time labs is out there now. And there there's, seems like every other week there's a new lab testing company out there. Um, my wife, Lana, and I actually ran a lab testing company that sold direct-to-consumers um, years ago. It was one that did a specialized autoimmune testing, looking at white blood cell count in response to exposure in the environment to metals like metal implants or to things like Lyme disease. And mm. uh, it, it's... It's amazing what's changed in that industry just over the last six or seven years. You don't really have to go to the doctor to order a test. You might want to talk to a doctor in order to interpret the test and then get treatment. But to just see what's going on in your body i I love it like that's your right to know like you shouldn't need a permission slip to order a lab uh, but right. if you want to get some drugs all right that it's set up you you know you need a signature from someone and and that's that unless I guess you order the drugs from India. Not that I've ever yeah. ordered pharmaceutical smart drugs from India because I couldn't oh, get them in the U.S. That would be wrong.
0: Yeah. <laughs> actually, it wouldn't be wrong.
2: It's actually legal to do. Just for people listening, you can order <laughs> drugs from overseas without breaking the law. Just not the bad drugs like you know heroin and stuff. Apparently, that's illegal.
1: Oh, apparently, yeah. Sure, it's done. Well, I, I do think that you know getting that kind of um, information in the hands of people is very important, and, and that's obviously what you've done with biohacking your health. You've taken this data. You know, you're not a doctor, and you're probably smarter than 99% of most doctors out there. Um, but just learning this stuff for yourself and taking that personal responsibility super super important. So for people listening who are new to Bulletproof, what's your book all about? What's Bulletproof Diet? You know, kind of gives some I guess some kind of groundwork of what what it is. You mentioned some of your philosophy, obviously, eating more fat, um, you know, cutting out some of the carbs. What are other things that are unique to, to your diet?
2: Well, people can go right now to Amazon and Google or just type in Bulletproof Diet, and the book will come up, and you can pre-order it. And there's also a great synopsis there you can just check out. The, the Bulletproof Diet is about eating so that you have more willpower and more energy and less inflammation. And I've, mm-hmm. I've gone to great lengths to talk about when – food works. So there's a timing component, uh, like, like how often per week do you want to have a day where you eat a lot of carbs? And it's different for men and women. And mm-hmm. when should you eat those carbs to help sleep quality? Uh, it, it turns out that one of the leaders in the quantified self movement, uh, Seth Roberts, who, who passed away unexpectedly, uh, he and I had uh, lots of conversations about Uh, sugar and about carbs and why sometimes you sleep better after dessert. And it does make sense for some people, some of the time, depending on what they're trying to do, to even have something like raw honey, just a small amount of it before bed, because it improves their sleep quality dramatically. And if you sleep better, everything is better the next day. And other people, they take grass-fed collagen before bed, and they sleep way better. So there's all sorts of energy metabolism things that you can tweak So I include timing recommendations in the diet. And if people want to check this out without buying anything, you can go to orderbulletproofdietbook.com and I'll send you the infographic for free. This is a a roadmap that you print out, you put on your fridge. It tells you what to eat when and it helps to demystify this thing because none of us are ever going to eat perfectly because you can never be perfect with food. In fact, you'll go nuts and probably have an eating disorder if perfection is the goal. But what you can do is you can have a roadmap like the Bulletproof Diet that tells you these foods are less inflammatory than these foods and they have more nutrition. So given the sum of what we know about these foods, these are the ones, and there's a category in there, these are Bulletproof Foods. These are the ones that give you the most energy and are least likely to cause trouble. And from there, it goes down into the suspect food category. And there, these are foods that cause substantial problems for big numbers of people. These are things like high lectin foods. These are things like foods that trigger allergies in a good number of people, but not everyone. Foods that are high in oxalic acid or excessively high. So when I, I look at all those things, you could learn about all those, or you could just say, well, there's a bunch of suspect foods. Let me eliminate all those, and then I'll add them back in. And when I eliminate the suspects and realize, okay, I'm fine on lentils, well, it turns out a ton of people, when they quit eating lentils for a week, they don't want to eat them again because every time they eat them, they realize, wow, my my body didn't really like those very much. So we just eliminate suspects. It's a very simple process compared to real food elimination. And then there's a set of kryptonite foods. You just don't want to eat those foods. They're not for people who want to feel good. If you're dying of starvation, they're certainly better than nothing, but they're not going to lead... You to feel good. They're not going to lead you to perform well, and you're probably not going to lose weight on them. So the type of food, the quality of food becomes really, really important.
1: Mhm. What's one of the and best foods a, to hack hunger for people who are, you know, just maybe like you said, like at, at the end of the of the day, and they're just wanting to go and raid their freezer of ice cream, or, you know, just always wanting to snack all day long. What's what are some of your favorite foods to hack hunger?
2: Well, if you want to snack all day long, the, the bottom line is you're doing it wrong. Whatever you ate for breakfast didn't cut it because when you get it right, when you eat a meal, you're not hungry after the meal, and you're not hungry for four hours. If you have set your biology up so you need to have a snack two hours after your meal, then you didn't eat enough or you ate the wrong stuff. Most people eat too many carbs or they eat things that have anti-nutrients in them that cause food cravings if you're feeling a food craving now, you need to ask yourself, what did I eat at that last meal that caused the food craving? In fact, it's it's such a big deal that there's a free app called Food Detective. And you can download it on the iPhone, and it'll look at your heart rate before and after a meal. And using that, it'll tell you whether or not something in that meal was likely a kryptonite food for you, whether something in that meal was making you weak. It's free. It's called Bulletproof Food Detective. And that's kind of liberating in order to let you know the foods that are causing you to massively want to snack all the time. The foods that turn off snacking the most are extremely fatty foods. And this means fat with healthy fat, things like grass-fed butter. And the secret weapon there in Bulletproof Coffee is called brain octane oil or its little brother called XCT oil. And these are both extracts of coconut oil. Brain Octane is an 18X extract, and the XCT is an ultra-purified form of medium chain triglyceride. And what those do is they go to energy directly in the body. Your cells normally burn sugar or glucose as a primary fuel source, and you can run out of energy that way. And a lot of people actually get insulin resistance from doing that. When you consume these extracts of coconut oil, it's about 5%, 6% of what you'd find in in unrefined coconut oil. Like the natural stuff you'd eat at the health food store just doesn't have enough of these oils in it. And when you put a tablespoon of that on your meal, you just don't get the food cravings that you're used to having. I went from kind of wanting to eat all the time and I'd sit in a meeting and there'd be – You know, a plate of cookies, and I'm like, I'm not eating gluten, and I'm not eating the bad fats in those cookies. But then magically, some days I'm just gonna have one, you know, just Mm -hmm. one. And and of course, then later that night, I want more snacks, and I'm hungrier, and it sort of sets you up on this vicious cycle. Well, Mm -hmm. when you use brain octane and XCT with butter or avocados in cooking, you just put it on grass-fed meat, anything that's fatty, and you add a little bit more fat that way, these kinds of fats go directly to ketones in the body. They make ATP, the cellular energy, very, very effectively. And they do it without the sugar pathway. So people feel that brain octane in fact that focus. And most importantly, you just don't feel hungry. So if you're asking yourself, what should I snack on? The real question should be, why do I feel like I need to snack? It's because I did something wrong at my last meal.
1: Yeah. Yeah. I I'm remembering back to when I was in naturopathic school and I was just like this crazy snacker all the time. I always had to have food with me in my bag at all times. And I remember having one whole bar of chocolate pretty much every day. <laughs> and I looked back and I just wasn't having enough for breakfast. You know, so it's it's now I, I have a big feast for breakfast and I only have lunch and dinner and very rarely do I need anything. It's just really fascinating to see the difference and just, you know, tweaking one thing of, of how your breakfast looks, Um, especially I think as a woman. You know, I, I, I um, educate a lot of my patients, especially for women to have breakfast with protein. I think it it really does help, especially if you're a stressed woman. You know, if you're a stressed out woman, I think skipping breakfast is just the worst thing you can possibly do for your hormones. Do you talk about that at all in your book?
2: I do, and there's the concept of intermittent fasting that's popular in, in paleo circles, and the idea there is, is you skip breakfast, and when you do that, you have a late launch, and you end up not eating anything for like 18 hours. It, it's mm-hmm. kind of impressive that you can do that. The problem is that it's stressful for men and women, and if you're in that sort of a, a place where you have lots of time to recover, it's an effective way to lose fat and maintain muscle mass, The problem is, if you have a job and a family, it's Mm -hmm. relatively difficult to pull that off because in the middle of the day, you get cold and hungry and tired and cranky.
1: And the last thing you want to be
2: is cranky when you're meeting with your boss. Yeah. So given that strange dynamic, enter bulletproof fasting. And there, with intermittent fasting, bulletproof style, you just have bulletproof coffee, which is coffee beans that don't contain mold toxins because mold toxins cause an energy crash and food cravings later. And I lab test my beans using a a unique process for that. And you blend that brewed coffee with grass-fed butter and brain octane oil. You have that for breakfast. And it's been my experience and and that of people on the Bulletproof blog that women who have that for breakfast do better than women on intermittent fasting. However, lots of women do better when they add grass-fed collagen powder to the coffee as well, which is what your recommendation is. So I make fat the center of breakfast on the Bulletproof diet, and whether or not you have protein is a function of whether uh, whether it benefits you or not. So guys can usually have protein if they're trying to put on muscle. They can skip protein. They feel great. Women more often like protein, but there's a group of women, particularly those um, who've lost some weight already, and they're, they're getting healthy, but they're not all the way there, where maybe half the time they don't have any, any protein in the morning. They just have fat, and that tells their body um, – You've got nothing to burn here but fat. You need you need to burn the fat. But if you do that every single day, it is stressful on the body, and you're probably not going to get the results you're looking for.
1: Yeah. Yeah, it's a biochemical individuality. And, and I see that you you definitely address that in, in your book, and that's very, very important. I'm not a fan of, you know, one-size-fits-all diet, so that's I appreciate that a lot. So one of the things I'm fascinated by is just the life of high performers. You know, I see what you've created in such... It's not like it's been overnight. Obviously it's taken many, many years and this is, you know, over a decade of, of research you've put into the book. Um but your 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 movement of bulletproof has grown pretty quickly. So I'm fascinated with what you do on your typical day from when you wake up until you go to sleep. So would you be so kind to kinda of walk us through like what your typical day looks like, like what you eat, what are some you know, biohacking things that you do in your sort of day to day routine?
2: Sure. I wake up around 7.30. Um, I have two kids who uh, go to school, and they're 5 and 7, so that, that shapes a lot of the daily routine. Um, before I had kids, I might have woken up and meditated or something. Uh, I typically go to bed at, at 2 at 2 a.m. I'm nocturnal, always have been, and I've changed my biology so for about two years. I woke up at 5 a.m. I'm fully capable of it. I'm just more creative, and I perform better. And I like my life better when I take my quiet time late at night instead of early in the morning. And there are studies that show from a circadian rhythm perspective, some of us have longer, some of us have, have shorter cycles. So I would say there's there's a good case for going to bed by 11, especially if you're sick. But if you follow, at least when if, if I follow, the pattern that works well for me, I listen to my body and I take care of my recovery, this is the the thing that works best for me. So I wake up around 730 my kids uh, my kids and I make uh, espresso using Bulletproof Coffee Beans. They're you know, five and seven, so they love packing the coffee into the little thing. We we take that. We blend it with butter and the XCT or Brain Octane. And if I'm making it for them, I'll put in some collagen. And yeah, I said for them, my five and seven-year-olds get little tiny, like one-ounce cups of coffee, and they love it. They always have, even with, without sweetener or anything. Kids love fat and there's a reason they love fat. Uh, in this case, uh, kids metabolize caffeine twice as fast as adults and they're getting such a microscopic dose that it doesn't it doesn't have a, a caffeine-like effect on them. They just are getting a treat. And they're getting a little dose of MCT oil because what do you know? My kids really don't snack much at all compared to normal kids that seem to eat every hour or two. I will join them for breakfast. They eat a normal breakfast, which is eggs, a smoked salmon, uh, pastured bacon that we cured ourselves, uh, maybe some leftover steak or hamburger or something from the night before, but they're getting protein and fat and some vegetables. And they're not getting fruit, and they're not getting you know some kind of cereal, and they're not getting any of those starchy carbs that in the morning cause food cravings later in the day. So starting out with carbs in the morning is not something that I recommend. And from there... Uh, I will sometimes drop them off at school and other times I've got podcasts or whatnot. I come into my office. My office has a a standing desk that's adjustable, so sometimes I'm standing, sometimes I'm sitting. Depending on when my calls are, I may do some of the Bulletproof Vibe. This is a whole body vibration platform that I manufacture. And I'll do that for five or ten minutes with some forward folds, just enough to get lymphatic fluids flowing throughout the body. Vibrating up and down at 30 times a second with these little micro vibrations has a a much bigger effect than, say, going for a five- or ten-minute walk in the backyard would have. Then I tend to work at my computer, standing or sitting. It, it depends. Make sure I'm moving around. I'm actually standing right now for our interview. And then I'll I'll have lunch, usually with the family, usually around one or two. And lunch is usually grass-fed meat, moderate amount of it, ton of vegetables, and lots of fat. And then I don't think about food anymore. <laughs> go back to work mm-hmm. and sometimes for instance right now i'm not just standing i'm running electricity over my abs at uh about 50 percent <laughs> of the total power of the unit uh, believe of it or not I really, you um, you've i think i've actually shocked you with the machine that i'm using yep
1: i remember so, i'm getting ptsd i'm just kidding <laughs> that was intense i felt <laughs> for three days my butt hurt for three days
2: <laughs> but it was higher when we were done right
1: yeah. Oh, yeah. No, I felt honestly, I felt like my butt was tighter.
2: <laughs> yeah, it, it'll do that. Like, so this is a, a very powerful electrical stimulation machine. So I try to stack things up. So earlier today, I, I have a, a new ozone machine, like a medical grade one. I, I've used a quasi medical grade one for years. So I drank some ozonated water um, during the course of my work day, and I I take a handful of supplements in the morning, including aniracetam and I, I took some unfair advantage another of the supplements that i make for mitochondrial function and uh, basically I, I work and my work is quite often what we're doing now and I'm, I'm talking with people i'm communicating i'm i'm helping sometimes i'm writing and i've gone to great lengths to reduce the amount of email that i spend my time on because uh email really can suck your attention away from getting real work done so i'm i'm working yeah. to help my team at bulletproof have the autonomy to make good decisions and to feel secure that if if they're not sure they can, they can do what they think is best, or they can call me and say, I think this is best. I I need some info. And what that lets me do is focus on writing or focus on doing another podcast. We're on the cusp of crossing 10 million downloads for Bulletproof Radio, which is an enormous, uh, an enormous thing. It's the number one ranked health podcast much of the time. And that means that if I screw up on that, that, if I make content that doesn't help people or just waste time, uh, I'm basically murdered something like thirty five people, because if you divide the number of hours people are awake by the number of podcast downloads, it's actually a great responsibility from my perspective. Uh, so I, I really strive to put a lot of energy and focus into preparing for the show, for asking good questions for for making good quality content. And that's just that's work. Like that takes energy. So to get that energy, I build my life to have that sort of energy so that I can do things like recover while I'm talking to someone um, or, you know, mm-hmm. stimulate blood flow and circulation like I'm doing now with the electricity. I will yeah. knock off work, if I'm lucky, around 5, although some people who shall remain nameless, even if their name is Dr. Lowe, um, schedule <laughs> their <laughs> show right in the middle of dinner.
1: Aw, oh, thank you for, <laughs> for accommodating right. us.
2: <laughs> of course. Uh, I'm happy to be on. But <laughs> what... Uh, What I'll do then is I'll I'll go and I'll play with the kids. And uh, the other day, uh, Alan, who's five, just used uh, a machete to chop firewood. He he chopped his first log, you know, the the size of a baseball bat kind of thing. He was so pleased. So I'm just teaching them to be outdoors. They spend about two hours a day outdoors every day, rain or shine. They have these, like, whole body, like, I don't know, Arctic fishermen kind of, of wetsuits that, that they wear so they just can roll in the mud and then you hose them off and they come in clean. So oh, my gosh, that's amazing. We, uh, yeah, we do that. Sometimes we play hide-and-seek in the forest. And uh, <laughs> then sometimes I help to make dinner, and um, most often I just play with them, and then we have dinner. Um, Lana's been kind enough to cook lately. Dinner? Sockeye salmon, probably caught locally. Spot prawns, caught locally. Grass-fed beef that ate the grass from our front yard and was raised across the street. Grass-fed lamb from down the street. All this stuff is like four bucks a pound because it it grows near where I live. And we're working on on turning our property into an organic farm right now. And I'm building the bulletproof biohacking facility, which is a substantial size building with all sorts of crazy equipment for upgrading the human body, and a studio where I can record my podcast and have some guests and So that's where I'm spending my time.
1: Wow. Is the studio going to be for recording videos, or is it audio?
2: Oh, yeah. It'll have three different sets. It'll have a kitchen, so I can show people how to cook bulletproof style. And it'll have a yoga studio downstairs with Hundreds of thousands of dollars of strange equipment that alters the state of your brain, stimulates your muscles, and does other things that you probably well, you probably know about, but that most people don't.
1: That is amazing. Your your life sounds so fun. It's like nerd nerd status mixed with you know relaxation in nature, mixed with love and connection, and it's like sounds amazing.
2: What I decided really consciously is that in order for me to help the number of people that I think I can help with the knowledge that no one gave me when I was young, I, I wish someone had just sat me down and said, dude, eat more fat. You won't need all the knee surgeries. Like avoid water damaged houses. Your nose will stop bleeding and your brain will turn back on. Like things that aren't that hard to do but just weren't there. I, I've learned these things the hard way. I've spent $300,000 hacking myself because I needed to or I wouldn't have been able to work. And I'm I'm really lucky that I had that opportunity even though the company I worked for went bankrupt after that. So great. I, I had this early luck and I just felt like it was important to share that because maybe a few other people could avoid really all the stress and suffering that I went through. And, and so I feel like I have a mission. And if I'm going to do that, I really, really want to feel good and have my energy. So the fact that I'm, I am I'm, I have nature, I can see the forest, I can walk through the forest and I can do it every day. And the fact that I see my kids and that I have healthy local food, I don't know how to thrive without that. Because if I lived in a box in a big city, even a really pretty box, I don't think I could do what I do now.
1: Yeah. No, for sure. you got to charge your battery so you can serve the world on a big, big level. So it's a, it's an example of exactly how you do that. So I have one last question for you, and then I'm going to take one caller, and then I'm going to let you go and hang with your family. So last question I have is, I'm so inspired by how you travel. You know, you talked about what you do at home, and it's easier to be healthy when you're at home and you live on an organic farm and have grass-fed beef and, you know, eat local salmon, but you travel a lot. What are some of the things that you do to stay healthy on the road? So maybe things you, you know, don't leave home without or just other little kind of tricks and tips you can do for on the road.
2: I travel about – 100 days a year pretty commonly. Sometimes this year with the, the launch of the Bulletproof Book, it might be a little bit more. Uh, for the Bulletproof Biohacking Conference and filming the documentary called Moldy that's coming out in April, I was gone 26 days straight, but I had the kids come and visit me uh, in L.A. so they didn't feel like they they missed me for that long because that's too long to be away from family. Yeah. And what I do is I pack... Uh, several little three-ounce bottles, TSA-approved bottles of Brain Octane, which is the most concentrated part of the the coconut oil that goes to energy the most. And the reason I do that is that I know I'm not going to really be hungry or or get food cravings when I have access to that. And I always take a stick of butter. (laughs) Sounds ridiculous. And I bring my coffee beans, ground coffee. I make those in my hotel room in the morning. I don't have to pay for breakfast. And... If I was on a travel plan, which which I was, I people don't realize that I quit my job as a you know computer tech executive in January of this year. Um you know, I've been doing bulletproof to help people even though I, I have a perfectly good career in computer security and cloud computing. So uh, I'm I'm doing this even though it's probably a bigger risk for my family, but I, I just feel like I can I can do more this way. Mm-hmm. So I, I look at, at, okay, I didn't have to spend 45 minutes going down to the buffet and eating low-quality eggs cooked in canola oil and all the other stuff, and I just make the coffee in my room, or I'll go down to you know a local Starbucks, and if you ever see me on the street carrying a Starbucks uh, cup, the reason is I go to Starbucks and I get their hot water, which is perfectly filtered. They really care about water filtration at Starbucks. I get hot water, add my coffee beans to it, and brew it in the cup, pour it into another cup, and then I'll, I'll mix my butter and my brain octane. And that's what I have. And then I can have lunch at noon or 1 or 2. It doesn't matter. Like lunch becomes one of the things I don't have to plan my day around it. I just know I'll eat sometime. And if I don't really get a chance, I'm going to make it through to dinner anyway. Um, I might have some dark chocolate or something. I'm pretty picky about not eating airplane food all fast on on a flight to Singapore. It doesn't matter. Never, ever eat airplane food. Bring your own. Go to the airport and get the highest quality food you can get or bring your own from home. I almost always eat sushi when I travel. It's hard to go wrong with white rice and raw fish. If you start covering it in weird sauce and deep fry the roll, all bets are off. But for the most part, you can do well there. If not that, I'll eat uh, wild-caught fish, or if I can get it, grass-fed beef or lamb are usually at the top of my list. So I tend to spend more on food when I go out for, like, a business dinner kind of thing. But the typical go-to for me is something I just put a video up on on the Bulletproof YouTube channel about, and it's it's hacking sushi. I'll go to Whole Foods. You'll spend 12 bucks on a rainbow roll, which has a good amount of fish on it, but it, there's not enough fat. So I'll buy, like, one of those large tubs of fresh-made guacamole, <laughs> and I'll have uh, Asian-Mexican fusion cuisine. And literally, four-brain octane on the sushi – scoop guacamole on top and eat it. And it's this creamy, delicious, amazing thing that doesn't fit a category. But I know if I eat that, I can go six hours and I just don't care about food. And not only do I not care about food, my energy doesn't dip. I don't lag. I don't lose words. I'm just in a performance zone. And then dinner time comes and I'm going to eat. And if I'm going to eat, I'm not eating what most restaurants serve. Uh, Relatively small. Oh, it's a three ounce piece of fish and two pieces of asparagus and some sort of like little dainty dab of some sauce. Like really? That's a, an entree? No. People don't feel good when they eat a snack for dinner. Yeah. And, and that's a snack. So, mm-hmm. I have been known to order two entrees. I'm not a super heavy working out guy, but my brain uses energy, my body uses energy. I'm I'm 6'4" and relatively muscular, but I'm, I'm not, you know, the Hulk by a long shot. And I don't I don't aim to look like that. So, What I'll do is, in fact, I did that last night. I had uh, what they told me was a a main course, and for dessert, I had the salmon entree. (laughs) And I walked away full and happy, and I didn't gain weight. I I used that, and I was on the road yesterday. I I left my house at 5 in the morning. I got home at 1 in the morning. And I did that because I wanted to have breakfast with my kids. Otherwise, I would have stayed the night and come back the next day.
1: It's awesome. I love those little tricks when you're traveling. And um, and I've seen those little bottles of oil that you take with you. It's awesome. <laughs> Especially when you go to a restaurant and you just, just, just pour it all over your entree. It's pretty fun. Oh, yeah, and your and your salt. That's right.
2: If, if you're trying to get 50 to 70% of your calories from fat, and after you read the Bulletproof Diet book, you are going to want to at least try doing that because it changes your life and it needs to be from the right fat. But you go to a restaurant, there's an inadequate number of vegetables, and a little bit of protein. And then they don't put fat in there because fat's the most expensive. And if they do put fat in, it's the low-quality stuff. So I've been known to just whack off a big hunk of butter from my from my stick of grass-fed butter that's pretty much always in my little man purse. Yes, I have a man purse. It's made by Tumi, and it looks all manly. But I'll pull out my butter, and I'll just melt it on top of whatever the restaurant gave me. And suddenly I've doubled the number of calories. You go, oh, my God, double calories. Calories make you fat. no. Calories give you energy. You burn them as fuel. And it's really important that you have enough energy because if you're lagging, you'll get food cravings, but you'll get tired first. So I found that by eating to manage hunger so that hunger just doesn't happen to me. Like, So that's not true. Hunger happens, but cravings don't. Before I discovered this path, I didn't know the difference between hunger and a craving. I'd say I'm so hungry now. Like I just got hungry. If I don't end this meeting, I'm going to have to kill one of you and eat you. So I'm out of here. Like, I have to eat. But it's it's not optional. That's a craving. That's an energy crash. When you're doing it right, like, oh, yeah, my body's telling me that it's about time to eat, but I could wait another hour or two. It's not that big of a deal. That's what hunger is supposed to feel like. And if hunger doesn't feel like that to you, you're eating something that's triggering cravings, and you think those cravings are hunger, but they're not.
1: Right. Hunger happens. Cravings don't. Love it. All right. We have just a couple minutes here. I'm going to um, bring in a caller for one question. And um, caller from the 438. Welcome to Dr. Low Radio. What's your name? What's your question? And let's keep it to a short question, please. Yes,
2: my name is Stanley. I'm calling all the way from Montreal. Uh, great show. Uh, the the question I would ask the the call the guest that you have is, as a person that uh, wants to be in the best health possible, do you understand that? You are a person that believes that the reason that a lot of people are getting obese and everything is because of fat. Another person is telling me, no, it's because you need to be vegan. Another person is telling me, no, it's because you need to have juice. Another person is saying, no, you have to have smoothies. How are we supposed to know the truth when all you expert tell different things, and all of you says different things. You're telling me, no, eat fat, and it'll bring you good. And I could bring another expert who will tell you, no, eating food will bring you good, or <laughs> eating vegan will bring you good, or eating this will bring you good. And all of them will do the same testimony that you did. All of them will say, look at how it was 10 years uh, and 20 days. Look at how it was. I lost body fat. Same thing as you. How are we supposed to know? Because all of you will right. say the same thing. I will uh, – and that's I can – I can answer that for you. So how you're supposed to know is, well, you can try it. That's what I did. I tried all those diets. I've been a raw vegan. I've been a vegetarian. I've eaten low fat. I've eaten high fat. I've eaten flaxseed. I've eaten hemp. And I've done it enough to look at what happens, and I've done the research, and I write about it, and I share it. But don't take my word for it. The thing about the Bulletproof Diet is if you don't feel the way that I'm describing, then it's not working for you, and you should do something else. The reason that I took months and months out of my life to write this book is that this is the very best stuff that I know. Am I wrong? Some of the time, every health expert today is because there's things we don't know yet and we're discovering every day. Am I right directionally? I believe so. And you should not believe any health guru, health expert, or even doctor if the advice that they give you when you try and do it moves your data in the wrong direction or if it makes you feel bad. So you are your own guinea pig. No one can change that, and no expert, even me, can, can change that for you. But I can certainly mark out a path and say if you walk this path, you ought to feel this way, and you can try it. And if you walk the path and you feel that way, you know it worked because you saw it work. That's the gold standard.
1: Awesome. Thank you for the answer. I'm gonna. Keep it moving. Wrap up the show. Thanks for the the question, caller. I appreciate that, and also the honesty of, of the question. You know, I mean, it's I think it's important. You know, to be a critical thinker, not to just take what one person is saying and think that's just the gospel. To try it for yourself, but you you know, look at the data and see what works for you and see how your body feels. That's that's the best you can do. Awesome. The only reason uh,
2: the only reason I'm a biohacker is that when I did that, I trust this expert, trust that expert, the stuff didn't work. So, I took the best I could from each of those things, did a lot of the core research for myself, and put together something that works reliably for me and for many other people. But you know if you try it and it just doesn't work for you. I respect that greatly, and you should go do what works,
1: yeah, for sure, all right, Mr. Bulletproof. Do you have any um parting words for our listeners before we let you go and hang with your fam?
2: Well, if you enjoyed our conversation today, the whole book for the Bulletproof Diet is full of stuff like this. The science is referenced. Uh, I'll talk about salt and butter and coffee, and we'll talk about your willpower and how you can eat for willpower. So if this was helpful, please go to Amazon. You can go right now, type in Bulletproof Diet, and click pre-order. If you do that, you can forward your receipt to orderbulletproofdietbook.com, and then I'll send you a whole bunch of free stuff, including the poster that you can print out and put on your fridge that tells you what to eat when in order to control this inflammation and to get your energy back.
1: Right on. Well, thank you so much for making a a nice exception for me to be on the show. I really appreciate it and accommodating, you know, my clinic schedule and everything. It means the world that you did that. And I hope you have a wonderful evening and give Lana my love. And I will see you very soon.
2: I'll see you soon. And next time we meet, bring a needle. I need another IV.
1: I promise. Next time I'll come fully loaded.
2: <laughs> all right. Thanks. All right. Bye, Laura. Have a
1: great night. Bye. All right, you guys. That is our show. Thanks for listening and um, supporting the show. Please, you guys, if you love the show, go over onto iTunes and, and um, leave a review. I love reading those. They just make my day. They make me super happy. So I would appreciate that. You can listen to all shows at drlowradio.com, and I will check you guys next week. Thanks so much. Have a wonderful holiday with your family. Happy Thanksgiving. I'll see you guys next week. Thanks. Bye.